Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. So get fitted for your perfect golf ball today at EncoreGolf.com. Well, it is Friday, October 29th. It's Halloween weekend, and we are back with another happy hour edition of the Stripe Show podcast. And don't forget, I like to tell people every Halloween weekend, if you're crunched last minute, for a costume and you don't know what to be and you know it's friday before and you don't want to go to spirit halloween and spend money on a costume do what i do every single year go put on some pajamas and just be tired that's it that's the whole costume it always gets a laugh um and that's my go-to almost every single year and it'll make you the funny person at the party it will crack a laugh and you get to be comfortable all night and warm. So there's my advice to you this weekend. I'm your host, Samantha Marks, sipping on my Friday treat. Every Friday morning this fall, I've been getting the same coffee order, trying to refrain myself from getting Starbucks during the week. So far, it's going well for the past few months. We're enjoying it sip by sip today for sure. As we know, the PGA Tour in Bermuda this weekend Lots of headlines surrounding weather so far this week already. Multiple players are saying it's the, quote, strongest winds they've ever played in, which is definitely saying something considering these guys have played all over the world. But you have to think this really is an island out in the middle of nowhere, right? Like out in the middle of the ocean. I went to Bermuda once when I was, God, I want to say I was probably 15 or 16 with my family just for fun. We didn't play golf. My dad goes on a yearly business conference trip and that just happened to be where it was that year. Um, But I remember it was windy the entire time we were there. So it does make sense for me to me, but any amount of weather that blows through would only exasperate that. But Nevertheless, our guest coming up later on the podcast was tied for the lead after round one. Yeah, you heard that right. Was that because I interviewed him on Wednesday before the first round? Well, it wasn't not because I interviewed him Wednesday before the first round. We'll put it that way. But before we get there, a couple of notable headlines. Justine, I mean, Use Golf Facts is back at it again on Twitter yet again. We don't want to get blocked, so... Just go look for yourself. Defending Patrick Reed yet again and his sand debacle, what, nine months ago? Let's just put the wine down and let it go, Justine. And then the other major headline this week, Greg Norman is set to be the commissioner of the Saudi-backed tour that's been rumored to be forming to rival the PGA Tour. Reports have rumored for a while that Norman was service commissioner of this tour, but it was kind of just speculation. But apparently there was like this meeting in New York city on Wednesday and it was disclosed. It was this whole thing. So that will be interesting, but don't forget that earlier this year, PGA tour commissioner Jay Monahan said that any player who commits to that new Saudi circuit will not be allowed to continue as a tour member. So there's been lots of rumblings of, you know, what tour members are interested in the Saudi tour, you know, what tour members aren't Um, a lot of rumblings about what kind of money will be offered, what events, you know, they'll be able to plan over here and won't. And the majors are affiliated with the tour and aren't. And there's a lot of speculation right now, but uh, very interesting that, that Greg Norman will be involved, um, confirmed and, but enough of the boring stuff. Now onto the fun part, as you know, 
the past few months, we're getting to know the upcoming and I guess now current PGA Tour players, the Corn Ferry Tour guys who've secured their tour cards this season over the next several weeks. This week, we're getting to know number three, Chad Rainey. I loved getting to chat with Chad and getting to know him on and off the golf course. As I said, after round one in Bermuda, I'm recording this now Friday morning. So going into round two, he was tied for the lead with a stellar round of six under. He was able to fight that wind. Um, Six under par round there at Port Royal. And I know you're going to love this chat with him. He's a quiet guy. He's a shy guy, but he's got a great golf game to finish third on the Corn Ferry Tour in that long COVID-19 season last season. So here's a little bit more about him on and off the golf course. And I know you're going to love this one. Check it out. Chad Ramey, thanks for joining us on the Stripe Show podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. You're coming at us live from Bermuda, recording this before the first round where the weather has been questionable at best so far. One hour east of the East Coast here in Florida. Chad, describe the weather to us so far. How's the wind been? How's the weather been? What's been going on over there? Um, the weather has been not very good. I've uh, spent majority of my time here in my hotel room. Um, as soon as I got here on Sunday, we were supposed to kind of stay in the resort at the hotel until we got our COVID test back. And then um, I got to play 12 holes Monday because they had a afternoon pro-am, um, got some practice in. And then Tuesday, the whole day for me was just a wash. I mean, it, it poured rain, the wind blew really hard. And um, then I was supposed to play in the pro-am this morning and uh, it was it was canceled. So they kept pushing it back and it ended up being canceled. And so I ended up finally getting to go out to the course this afternoon and get just a, about an hour of practice in. What does the course look like so far? And how do you feel like it's setting up with the big change in weather with the rain and stuff? Um, I mean, it looks like the course is in good condition. I mean, obviously it's all going to have to do, have to do with the wind. I mean, I know the wind's supposed to blow pretty hard, Thursday and then Friday I think it's supposed to lighten up a little but I mean the wind's always going to blow around here is it wet out there is the ball looking like it's rolling at all um so Monday got a little bit of roll but we've had a decent amount of rain since then so you know I obviously I haven't been on the course since Monday but I'd have to assume it's pretty soft right now yeah, that makes sense. Well, we're looking forward to watching it and watching you and hoping that the weather clears up. As you know, as I've explained, we're highlighting the 25 Corn Ferry Tour players who advanced to the PGA Tour this season. You were third on that list, of course. Congratulations, your season highlighted by winning the 2020 Live and Work in Maine Open. But it was a long season. You know, We've talked to several of those Corn Ferry Tour guys so far with the COVID wraparound super season. Describe that super season to us in your own words, because it was much longer than you're used to. Right. I mean, it was, it was just really long season. I mean, you had to play, essentially you had to play two years of good golf where, you know, normally one year would secure your card. Um, you know, it might've been a little bit of a blessing in disguise because, uh, like I said, it took two years of good golf and it gave you kind of an extra year to mature and, you know, kind of get your golf game in order and ready for the PGA tour. Yeah, that makes sense. What was that feeling finally like getting that PGA Tour card? Because you turned pro in 2014, right? Yes, that's right. Um, you I mean, it finally was a great able to say, like, like, I made it. Right. It was a great feeling because, you know, it's, it's, it's what I've kind of worked my whole life towards is, you know, 
that's been a goal of mine to be on the PGA tour and, um, to just, you know, finally achieve that, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was just a great feeling, you know, at first it was pretty surreal because whenever I locked up my card, we still had, you know, some corn fairy events and every, every point counts, you know, because it, it went towards your priority ranking and it kind of determined on uh, what tournaments you'd get to play in. And uh, it turned out, you know, every point point counted. Describe to us the, the last, the next few days after you, you know, secured that card, you get your name stamped in that little gold card. I know that's not the actual card, but describe to us the right. next few days of celebrations with your family and your team and your friends. Um, I mean, it was great. Um, it was, like I said, I think the very next week we were headed off to the the final three events. So, you know, it was kind of just a one night little celebration, um, you know, kind of, you know, had a few drinks, had a good time, but then it was almost like that next day we were right back to work. So for you, when you set goals, what does that look like for you? And do you feel like that's changed at all going from the corn Ferry tour to the PGA tour? Or does that kind of look the same? Um, no, it's pretty much the same. I like to set more, I, I would say like kind of process goals. Like I kind of have a process that I want to run. I have you know, certain things that I want to get done in the day. And that that's kind of more along the lines of the goals that I set. Not really, I guess, I don't set a lot of result goals. I mean, obviously, you know, I want to win, you know, I want to get to number one. But at the end of the day, all I can really control is um, what I kind of do day to day. So like, I, I'm kind of more process driven, I would say. What would you say to those people, you know, out there who obviously a lot of the people who listen to this probably aren't professional golfers, but those people who do set goals to win tournaments. I mean, cause I understand that. Cause I did, I did play at a high level that that's not the way to go, but why is that not the way to go? I, I just feel like it gets you kind of, to me, it gets me too involved in the results and kind of away from the present. Um, and, you know, I get to, I get a little too far out in front of myself and ahead of myself. And it just, for me, it just hasn't worked. If I can just, you know, kind of day to day have, you know, just those process driven goals that, you know, I can achieve day to day, like just little small goals. It's just in the long run, it's worked out for me so much better. Well, and it's true. The only person you can really control is yourself. You can do everything in your power and shoot 60 and feel like you're going to win. And if somebody shoots 59, there's really nothing you can do about it. Um, but congratulations again. And that's really awesome that you are finally able to achieve that dream. But one stat I really wanted to specifically touch on looking through your profile, and we talk about it a lot here on the podcast, is driving distance, but more important, driving accuracy. And you were fourth on the Corn Ferry Tour last year at 73%. You hit over 1,500 out of 2,000 possible fairways. How are you able to stay right. accurate while still being up there in the distance, in driving distance on the Corn Ferry Tour? How are you able to stay accurate? Um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I, I mean, I do – I like. So I, the way I've kind of, I guess, trained my golf game is, you know, like all the parts of my golf game, I'm essentially trying to make the same move, like whether I'm, you know, chipping, pitching, hitting irons or hitting a driver. So by me kind of creating or trying to create the same move with everything, it's almost like every aspect helps the other aspects of the game. So like if I go chip and I'm 
doing the same move that I'm wanting to achieve with my driver. It's that my chipping is actually helping my driving and, you know, vice versa. So then I go hit some irons, like my irons are actually helping my chipping and my driving. So like for me, I feel like, you know, just because I've kind of tried to keep everything so similar, like in the motion wise, it's like if I can kind of get them figured out in the motion that I, that I'm wanting to do, then, um, you know, they kind of, it just helps everything all together. Do you feel like you are constantly overshooting greens or coming up short because you choose the wrong club? Well, if that's the case, today is your lucky day because I'm proud to announce my brand new partnership with the boys over at Pinned Golf. Their brand new Ace Range Finder is amazing and it's only $199. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now and I was blown away with the quality. It has a slope technology, pin locked vibration technology. So you know exactly when you are locked onto your target tour lever accuracy. And best of all, it is powered by a USB charge. So you can forget about those little batteries. Every other range finder makes you buy one 45 minute charge lasts you 50 plus rounds. I love it. Our friends over at pin golf are hooking up all of our listeners with $25 off and free shipping. When you use code stripe show, that's code stripe show. I'm telling you, for $175, you simply cannot beat the Ace Rangefinder. Head out over to pingolf.com and get yourself the Ace and get dialed in. We try to stay, or I try to stay on Fridays away from the hot topics, but obviously Bryson is, and the guys chasing distance are, are out there, and it's something we talk about all the time. Is chasing distance and aspiring to get more distance something that you're working on or have worked on in the past couple of years? No, it is not. I've actually kind of stayed away from that. I'm I'm definitely not chasing distance, but if I can pick up some distance along the way, I, I'm 100% welcoming it. Um, but I'm definitely not chasing it. I, I think in the off season, I'm going to um, maybe trying to get, get in the gym a little bit and get a little stronger. But so that would be the way that I would chase distance if I'm going to is, is just to, you know, get in the gym, get stronger, get a little more fit. Um, I'm definitely not going to change my swing. Like, like you said, my stat from earlier, you know, I'm, I'm hitting, hitting the ball really straight. And, and that's one thing you have to do. And if I can get in the gym and add a little bit of distance with it, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Do you feel like that's a hot topic of, among the corn Ferry tour guys last year, where a lot of people talking about doing that and were some doing yeah. that? Yes, it, it is. I, I, I'm not going to say any names but there there's a couple of people that that i know personally that i that you know were kind of chasing distance a little bit and and they didn't play as well um but it, it's hard to not chase distance when when you see all the you know the top players in the world majority of them do hit it a long ways but it's just one of those things that you have to be be accurate with the distance like if you get the distance and you can't keep it in the fairway it, it doesn't do you a whole lot of justice yeah no that's that's definitely the downfall and that's that's the hard part a few random fun stats from your pga tour profile says here your dad is a golf course superintendent and that got you into the game of golf tell me a little bit about that and your relationship with your dad growing up um yeah so i mean as early on as i can remember i just remember going to the golf course with him um he was a golf course superintendent so he would just kind of take me out there and let me run wild, you know, just, just hit balls. And I just kind of grew to love the game. 
And so I was just around it 24 seven. And then, you know, I think I was about seven years old and just out of curiosity, we kind of put me in what we thought was kind of a, like a local Mississippi tournament. And it turned out we got there and there's a bunch of other kids from different States. And, um, it just, I, I competed really well and I loved it. And I, I actually told him, I said, if I, if I quit playing all these other sports, will you take me to more golf tournaments? And he said, yeah, no problem. So that was kind of how I ultimately got into golf. I love that. And then you, you actually attended the masters at age 10. I did. Would you say that that's one of your big professional goals is it is playing in it, obviously on the other side of the ropes. (laughs) A hundred, a hundred percent. That's the only time I've ever been. And, you know, that's been a goal of mine since, you know, that first time I ever went was to make it back there as a player. And then it also says your favorite athletes are Peyton Manning and Steph Curry. So are your go-to professional teams than the Broncos and the Warriors? They're, they are not, they're not. I just, I just like the, them as, you know, kind of people and, you know, the way they played their sport and all, um, you know, not, I'm definitely not tied to either of those teams though. Then tell us your teams. I, so I don't really have like many professional teams being from Mississippi. We, we don't have any like maybe a couple of minor league teams. So we have no like major professional teams in Mississippi. Um, So I I really don't have a specific, I mean, I I guess I'd have to say maybe the Cowboys because you know, uh, Dak Prescott's there and he went to Mississippi state, but you know, I, I really don't, don't have a professional team. Okay. Okay. We'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Well, Travis Fulton is the other host of this podcast and instructor, as you probably know. So one instruction question, what's your go-to swing fault? Like what's the thing you struggle with the most? That's always your, you know, the one thing you have to go back to when you are struggling with your swing. Um, it's always tempo for me. My, I feel like, you know, from a young age, I've, I've always been very tempo driven. And if, you know, if my tempo gets off, like it's just the other, like smaller feels in my swing, like I, I just can't make them happen. So it's always kind of tempo first. And, you know, if I've ever at a point in my career been like, you know, ah, tempo is not that important. It's like with less than two or three days, like I'm right back to it. And is that usually like at the top of your swing, it gets too fast and that's where you, you lose it in the impact um, zone. Yeah, a little bit for me. Um, I, I guess personally for me, it's more like my hands will get up to the top of my backswing and they'll kind of, they'll kind of stop and my lower body will go and then they'll try and catch up. So like for me, I kind of have to keep my hands moving with my body. If they ever kind of, my hands get left behind, that's where I start having a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, here's the last thing. We have some rapid fire questions. We're asking every player the same, the same set of questions to get your future fans to help to get to know you better off the golf course. Answer whatever comes to mind first as quick as possible. Okay. All right. All right. Biggest thing you're excited about on the PGA tour this year. Um, just new courses. Best golf tip for the weekend player. I would say tempo. Okay. Top three players you're most excited to play with. Oh, probably say like a Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and never know. Maybe I'll get paired with Phil. 
who and what motivates you? Um, I would have to say myself. Okay, I like that one. Three words to best describe you as a person. Um, I would say uh, hardworking, uh, quiet, and uh, I, I don't know. That's hardworking, quiet, and I'd probably say stubborn. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. Okay, three words to best describe your golf game. Um, so I would have to say, uh, neutral, um, dang, I'd have to say neutral. I'd probably have to go back to quiet. I kind of pretty reserved to myself. So I'd say neutral, quiet. And, uh, I, I don't know if this is necessarily the word, but I'd, I'd still have to go back to that tempo, like some white rhythm, I guess you could okay. say. Do you have any passions that are not golf related? Uh, hunting. If you were not a golfer, what would you be doing with your life? Oh gosh. I don't, I'd probably always be doing something with golf wherever that took me, but you know, I don't know. Maybe I would, you know, be like a, a hunting guide or something. That'd be pretty cool. Your top three golf courses that you've ever played. Um, I love Pebble Beach the few times I've played it. So I'd say Pebble Beach. Um, I like Pumpkin Ridge, Pebble Beach, Pumpkin Ridge, maybe the Elotion Club. That's a good one. I went to school in Arkansas, so very familiar nice. with Elotion. Best advice you were ever told? Um, Just never give up. Classic. Your most memorable golf shot to this day? I mean, it's probably kind of pretty cliche, but probably the, you know, the winning putt I made in Maine. I mean, it wasn't, but like three or four inches, I'm pretty sure. But I mean, it'd have to be that. I love that. That's a great answer. And that was the last question. <laughs> I love that one. I love those answers. And I love chatting with you today, Chad. Thanks so much for your time and joining me on the Stripe Show podcast. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you. Good luck this week in Bermuda. I hope the weather holds up for all of you and good luck in the rest of this PGA Tour season. We'll be watching for you. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chad. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.